Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Steve. And you're listening to Voulez-Vous with Zach and Steve. On today's third episode, we talk about Waterloo, Abba's second album. You, you. You, you. You, you. Me, Waterloo, Napoleon, Vecinche. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I saw you working on that on the internet. Oh, yes. <laughs> I spent the afternoon on <laughs> on uh, New Jersey Transit uh-huh. going to a one-year-old's birthday party in Englewood Cliffs. Great. And I had the Swedish lyrics to Waterloo up on my phone. And I was singing along to the Swedish version that I was listening to. Yeah. And my boyfriend told me that I was too loud, <laughs> which doesn't make sense because I wasn't singing. Uh-huh. But he said that my lips were too loud. So there's a picture. of I had to cover my mouth <laughs> while I was practicing the words. A picture of me trying to become an expert in the Swedish lyrics. Yeah. I'm really, thank God we're talking about Waterloo. Oh, ring, welcome. Ring. Welcome to the other <laughs> side. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's easier to talk about Waterloo. Just because in comparison to talking about what about Ring Ring, it's so much better. Or if it's actually just a really good album. I really like this record. I'll say as a uh, preamble to the show, I think it's good. Yeah, quite strong. And it is It is definitely, I mean, compared to Ring Ring, it's Sgt. Pepper's. But I think <laughs> <laughs> Ring Ring so aside. Yeah. Ring Ring aside, it's a good record. I like yeah. it. I I don't think I dislike any song on it. Listen, and again, songs that I used to hate on this, because I first heard this album when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. It was one of the only ABBA albums on CD that the Bainbridge Public Library had, and I remember the songs that I immediately latched onto and the ones I immediately rejected from my body, like Bad Organs. Okay, but re-listening to it, I really liked them all, and it's probably because like when I listened to Disillusion like four times. From Ring Ring, I wanted, I really wanted to harm myself. Yeah, yeah. But there was no song. I could find something good in every single song. Yeah, I'm with you. I I, I found it to be a much more pleasant listening experience from front to back, for sure. And uh, there are a few songs that aren't songs I was familiar with at all that I genuinely enjoyed. And yeah. I think I will listen to recreationally. You'll add them to your own Abba Gold. Yeah. I don't know where to go with that joke. You're like, yes, I will do that. I was thinking the same thing. How do we make that funny? Well, you you don't. You don't. It's Some, just true. Sometimes liking things isn't a joke. Mm. That's what becoming older is like. That's what I learned in therapy. Yeah. You're allowed to like things unironically. I do, I do think uh, the idea of a guilty pleasure is kind of misguided. It's so stupid. If it brings you pleasure, it's not guilty. You should feel happy about that. No, yeah. At the baby's birthday party today... Someone said the phrase guilty pleasure and I like reacted against it. Yeah. And I Ab- wanted to give Abba them my would... therapist number. Yeah. Former therapist. I graduated. Hey. <laughs> yeah, Abba's Abba's a band that would be kind of classic guilty pleasure territory, but I don't feel any ounce of guilt. Also, I when someone's like, you know who my guilty pleasure is? Blah blah like let's say someone said Abba's my guilty pleasure. It also insinuates that I should feel guilty for liking them. I'm like, no, I'm not going to feel guilt because of whatever you feel. Like, 
that's your problem. Yeah. Not mine. Yeah, you're right. I say that to them. That's why I have a lot of friends. Anyway. Let's talk about the song Waterloo. You're really fascinated with Eurovision. Well, I just think Eurovision is... It's interesting that it exists at all and that it has persisted for as long as it has. It's almost 50 years old. When... It's almost 60 years old, actually. 1956. I think one of my favorite parts about Eurovision is... um, It was after, like, all of those decades of Europe fighting with itself, uh, they just decided, let's have a fight that matters. Yeah. Let's bring people together through song. And um, it was actually begun because Archduke Ferdinand's last words... Right as he was shot, he mm-hmm. was like bleeding in his carriage. Yeah. And he said, I wish we fought about music. Where are the ballads? <laughs> and he died. Not enough, Siobhan. <laughs> and thus was born Eurovision. Yeah, yeah. Which is one of the campiest things consistently year after year. Yeah. It's fantastic. I was only into Eurovision for one year. And that was 2012. Okay. Uh, and it's because the music website Pop Justice posted something on their website about the Swedish competition that leads up to their Eurovision entry. So right. the really big Swedish music contest that decides what the Swedish entry for Eurovision will be is called Melody Festivalen. Mm-hmm. And there was a fantastic set of songs in Melody Festivalen. Yeah. And so I listened to like five or six of them. And then the winner of Melody Festivalen was Lorena's... Uh, what was it called? I just I like listened you, to it today. I like that you just looked You've, at Kate like she was going to have the yeah. answer for that. Oh, I know the 2012 Eurovision entry from Sweden. Oh, why, uh, It was why? called Euphoria you, Okay, by Lorena, and it eventually won because it's a massive tune. Yeah. Um, but that's the only year I know about. Okay. That and Waterloo. I mean, what's interesting in reading about it is that there's only two acts ever from Eurovision since 1956 who have actually gone on to success. Yeah. Typically, the people who win Eurovision have a little spike in sales, and then it kind of drops off, and that's that. And the the big ones, the biggest is ABBA from 1974 sure. with Waterloo. What a tune. The other one is Celine Dion. What? 1988. Uh-uh. Yeah. What song? Who was she with? I forget the song, but she competed with Switzerland. For Switzerland. I hate that shit. Like, <laughs> today, when I was listening to the 1974 entry, so... Uh-huh. The 1974 Eurovision took place in Brighton in the UK. Right, yeah. Right? And ABBA had lost the year beforehand with Ring Ring. And by lost, it means everybody loses if you're not the winner. Right. Which is like I love. Would lo- I would love to know what beat that. What bested Ring Ring in the 1973 Eurovision? Who knows? But because it was in the UK, one of the big... I guess like the UK tune was... I mean, it was by Olivia Newton-John... And it's uh, Long Live Love. It was Olivia Newton-John? Yeah. And it's bullshit because she's Australian. Right, right. So like the UK getting Olivia Newton-John, Switzerland getting Celine Dion. Yeah. I I cry foul. Yeah. There's, it's interesting too because it's not, the competition's not restricted to countries that are included in the European Union, but they're kind of... It seems like they kind of decide who else can enter at random. Like they let Australia compete last year um, for the anniversary. Oh, that was or like a couple years. It was ago. the anniversary of Pangaea, when at one point everything <laughs> was Europe. 
Right. <laughs> yeah, the Pangea Vision song contest. That's what we really should be looking forward yeah. to. Yeah. It was just lots of people moaning over the sounds of magma exploding. <laughs> yeah, it was people performing music that was indigenous to Pangea. <laughs> There's a lot of lizard noises. I don't know. I just like early Pangean music. <laughs> I'm not into the Pangea's later stuff. Uh, as soon as we evolved from fish, it got so commercial. Yeah, it just really seemed like once, um, you know, like South America broke away, it was like it kind of lost what was really pure about Pangean it's a little, music. It's a little predictable. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Um, <clears throat> my favorite things that I read about Eurovision. One, yeah. uh, when all the votes for Waterloo came in, uh huh. the UK gave it zero points. Whoa! <laughs> Which is like, of course they did, right? Like, is there anything less fair than Eurovision? Nothing. Right, no. Except love. That's the second time I brought up love. The UK gave zero points because they really, I guess they really wanted Olivia Newton-John to win with Long Live Love. No, wait, you're saying the, they All the, gave Ring Ring zero points? No, they gave Waterloo. Waterloo zero points. Yeah. That's <sighs> madness. Yep. And This song, very in short order, it went to number one in the UK. Yep. Along with the rest of the album. Yes. So whoever those guys were, were eating their hats. Yeah. And the UK technicians for the show, they played Waterloo too quiet the backing track was way too quiet during rehearsals so stig anderson the manager Uh uh-huh he got like an infamous hissy fit and threw a temper tantrum so that the the uk technicians would actually turn up the backing track louder wow the uk was really out to cut abba off at the legs yeah i i was reading just imagine if abba had no legs would they still have been famous? We'll never know. Well, you could still kind of attach the silver platforms to their torsos. Yeah. And probably none of us, maybe they don't have legs. You, you. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I that's the was, real controversy. I thought it was interesting that they, the, in, in the 70s, for a brief time, Eurovision lifted the rule. Usually you have to sing in your country's native tongue. Yep. And Eurovision lifted that rule, I think it was the year that they sang Waterloo. So they performed in English, which automatically kind of gave them a leg up in terms of being received by the greatest number of people. But the fact about what song they would sing is interesting because Eurovision songs were typically like these cheesy ballads. And if you watch the 1974 entries, absolutely. Yeah, it holds They're ballady. Um, I mean, it's, it's incredibly broad, the whole competition, because you're trying to appeal to as many people as possible. So that's why people would kind of gravitate toward very flashy outfits and weird pyrotechnics and lighting rigs and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think Waterloo wasn't actually their first choice. It was Asamanyana, right? Yeah. That was the one that maybe they were going to submit. Yeah, but they felt like it was too <clears throat> it was too typically ballady. Mhm. And like Waterloo has real like balls to it. Oh yeah. Uh, so they went with that thinking it was um, it was a really big risk, and it was a big risk. When you listen to it, it doesn't sound like anything else that was submitted that year, but it rightfully swept. Like right. it was a huge victory. Um, it's a great song. It's such a great song. I forgot. I mean, I don't forget, but I I just enjoy re-listening to it anytime I do, and listening to it this time with the more critical ear. It's just so good. Yeah, it's so well constructed as yep. a song. It's like 
again, a great example of ABBA kind of... Well, I guess it was written... It wasn't written in English. Or maybe it was, and then it was translated to Swedish. I don't, I don't know. I don't remember. You should just listen to the Swedish version, because instead of my, my, they sing... You, you! You, you! <laughs> What was I going to say about it? Oh, the one musical thing I noticed this time that I didn't notice before is in the pre-chorus, there's that like cascading piano oh, yeah. line. Yeah. But the melody line rises up against it. Yeah. Which I think I the talked about in the first episode. On the show. Always repeating itself. It's, I mean, I think I said the same thing about uh, Lay All Your Love On Me, about uh-huh. there's like these two lines, one is ascending and one is descending and yeah. how they like, it doesn't seem to make sense, but like for sure, Waterloo is an example where you have like one against the other. And I just think that's like such a brave, weird thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. There's also different, there's alternative mixes of the song. Like, um, the Swedish, oh, there's weird background vocals in some of them. Yeah. And the Swedish mixes just in terms of the balance of things is a lot different than the English version. Cause the Swedish one has this kind of more prominent synth bass line happening oh my god i love that synth bass line yeah it's really great and it kind of sounds like that does your mother know thing it's Mm -hmm. got that kind of sound and then there's a there's a mix that doesn't have the saxes in it at all yeah and it's a lot more guitar heavy and it sounds a little more like ring ring like kind of glam rock you should watch the eurovision live performance because they look a lot of it is live uh and it's I mean, there's almost no harmonies in that song. Like, it's just the two of them singing in unison the right, whole time. Right, right. Yeah, compared to other stuff, it's, it's also, pretty bare bones. It's also great to watch them in that video because you realize how much shit they hot, hot glued onto their outfits. Oh, yeah, dude. Like, it was almost as if they, like, put hot glue on their outfits and then rolled around in my boyfriend's craft closet. <laughs> like, there's, there's stuff where it's like, oh, there's a shiny heart on the back of that sleeve. There's a half of a disco ball attached to her neck. Yeah. Like you there's weird stuff in what they wear. They just really went all out. The next ABBA musical, by the way, is called My Boyfriend's Craft Closet. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about Astamanana the other Yeah, yeah. I liked Astamanana a lot. What do you like about it? Uh I just like the melody. I liked the it feels very classic and kind of beautiful and smooth. Yeah, beautiful and smooth. And just I enjoy like you. That. Yeah, right. Just after you nared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> um, I don't bother with razors. <laughs> Why bother with razors when you can use hashtag so nared? <laughs> <laughs> it makes a great shaving cream, too. Or a drink. Sometimes I drink my nair and I shave with Soleil Mimosa. And that's why I'm podcasting from the hospital. <laughs> um, that's why I have serious intestinal damage. <laughs> So Le Mimosa. <laughs> <laughs> I, a couple things about Asa Manana. One, what am I thinking about? I love that the second verse is like a boys to men spoken yeah, word thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. And it's so, like, where is the dream? We were dreaming. Uh-huh. What? I mean, it makes a lot of sense as a Eurovision entry, actually, when you think about the fact that it almost was. Mm-hmm. It, it makes 
a fair amount of sense. It's got much more kind of saccharine backup vocals and some of the things that you associate a little more with Alba. Yep. But uh, Waterloo's more lean, like kind of like Ring Ring. Yeah, it's, it's really a little more old school sounding. rock and roll. Yeah, it's great. But this is a little <laughs> more of that kind of lush, syrupy Abba thing. Yep. It's kind of like if, if something from Ring Ring, but a much better song than most of the songs on that album. Yep. What I like about... Well, one thing that's terrifying about Asa Manana uh-huh. is it's got, at the end, they like go up a half step. Mm-hmm. And it's the sort of song that you can actually sing, like the song that never ends, and just keep transposing it up yeah. and drive yourself insane. Where after like 20 minutes, it's in your head, but now you're like... <laughs> and you're like I've just been going up half steps for 40 minutes. Yeah. Um there's a lot of key changes on this record. A, cu- a lot of key changes and a lot of fades. The which I lot. enjoy. A lot of fade outs. Yeah. It's I like a, musical a long term. slow fade. Yeah. Uh the last thing I'm going to say about Asa Manana, mm-hmm. I know we're going to do an episode on the videos, but you need to watch the music video for Asa Manana. There's one point where uh the f- it <laughs> I saw it, and my first reaction, I was watching it with my boyfriend, I screamed out, are they in a large pocket? <laughs> oh, and then as, as okay. the camera pulled away, they he, were indeed? he was like, uh, no, they're in a tent. But the way they're standing in the tent in the initial shot, it looks like they're in a gigantic denim jean pocket. Mm-hmm. And I loved the idea of like Abba just being little figurines you can put in your pocket. Where is the dream? Um, what else do you love on this album? Well, um, what's the second track? Sitting in the Palm Tree. That's not one of the things I love on this album. <laughs> uh, it's okay. It reminded me of a Jimmy Buffett song. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, watered down reggae vibe. It's not a great song. Robert Scott says in his book, uh-huh. which I think like we talked about this idea with Ring Ring. Yeah. Or like, if you heard Waterloo, you'd be like, fuck yeah. And then you get to track two, like, what is this? Yeah, I looking ahead at some of their other albums, too, they're, they're not the best at kind of structuring their albums <laughs> in a way that keeps you engaged as a listener. Yeah. Like, After Waterloo is not the time for kind of a mid-tempo reggae number. It's like, hit me with the next, like, keep me here, you know? Right. And I noticed that, I, I forget which record it is, the one that Dancing Queen's on. Mm-hmm. Dancing Queen isn't the first track, first of all, which is completely insane to me. Yeah. And the first track is not much of an opener. And then Dancing Queen kind of rescues you and brings like you in. throw it in. Right. So there's this great article from The Guardian. Uh-huh. I guess it's a review of their box set. Okay. And the writer is... Oh, let me... Oh, Alex Petridis, who's incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he talks about ABBA in this box set. And he talks... Specifically about songs from this album, including What About Livingstone uh-huh. <laughs> and Sitting in a Palm Tree. And he says, um, Abba had written some weird lyrics before. What About Livingstone admonished Swedish youth for their disinterest in great explorers. <laughs> While Sitting in a Palm Tree concerned a man who dealt with romantic rejection by sitting in a palm tree. Quote, I will stay here among my coconuts. 
<laughs> and then a few sentences later, he says, that was the thing about Abba. They either made you feel like you had temporarily ascended to heaven, or they made you feel like sawing your own head off with embarrassment. The one thing they couldn't do was mediocre. That's a great quote. That's a great quote. That's a great point, too. And I, thus far, I completely agree with that. See me sitting in the palm tree Looking down at people passing by Sitting here no one can harm me They just stare at me and wonder why No need to bother I'm gonna stay up King Kong song is next. Oh my god, I love that song. <laughs> King Kong song's great. Now Benny and Bjorn say it's they think it's their weakest ABBA song. Have they heard Dissolution? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is the flimsiest of scaffolding for a song. Totally. They're like, we saw a movie about King Kong, so let's write about it. And and they're not like that. That's literally the first verse of the song. Yeah. If <laughs> like yeah, they don't that, hint towards that, they literally yeah, say that's the thing. We I, saw a movie. Wouldn't it be crazy if we wrote a song yeah, about a gorilla? Yeah. Generally speaking, I don't like that in a song. I was sitting by the bay and I had to write a song about it. Yeah. You know, and that's what they do. He says something like, I was sitting at home and I saw King Kong and I had to write a song about it. And then the chorus is like la 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 King Kong song. They say that repeatedly. Yeah, let King me let me read some of this. Well, I was looking at a movie like, on the yeah. TV last night. All right. Then I had a very funny notion, yeah. Right. I really had to write a song about it. Uh-huh. And then I'm going to sing it with my rock and roll band, and I bet the people going to like it, yeah. Ooh. I know that everybody's going to shout it. And what a dreadful, mighty killer. A big, black, wild gorilla. We do the King Kong song, Won't You Sing Along? Listen to the music, and it couldn't go wrong. We do the King Kong song, You Gotta Sing Along. Can't you hear the beating of the monkey tom-tom? That is my favorite. Ooh. What the? Like, this Woof. predates Donkey Kong Country. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, how do they know what a monkey tom-tom is tom-tom. before the Nintendo 64 version of Donkey Kong Country came out? R.I.P. Iwata. He really changed the uh, face of Nintendo. I know. Uh, I really like the song. I can't hate it. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. The background vocals are ridiculous. They're so the good. The guys in the chorus, like making my boyfriend sounds. hates when i play the song but i love it yeah endlessly. i mean i don't blame him but i but it's fun and also there's screaming <clears throat> they're literally which shrieking. is sort of rare in a in a in a pop track like yeah. shrieking like the woman held up Fay ray aloft the empire or like, naomi watts ah in the peter jackson mm. reversion of it Isn't Jack Black in that? Uh, yes, he yeah. is. What I really... So one thing I think is really telling is they refer to themselves as a rock and roll band. And there's right, like a couple right. songs where they're like, we're like Zeppelin! Yeah. <laughs> where they like... And the song starts with this like really chugging guitar rhythm yeah. that's kind... I think it's, it's kind of cool. cool. Yeah. Uh, and they do it in the song Watch Out, which is their attempt to like do a shrieking pop I thought, well, metal I ballad. I think Watch Out is kind of badass, actually. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty into that one. It... Yeah, I don't hate when they pretend to be it, but it's you can tell in this one they're still trying to like be rock and roll. Yeah. 
but not really getting it totally correct. Right, right. I mean, Waterloo is more rock and roll than anything on the album. Yeah. So I have a quote. I'm full of quotes today Mm -hmm. uh, that I got from this book, Abba, Thank You for the Music by Robert Scott. Uh, And he talks about the song Dance While the Music Still Goes On. A reviewer, Ken Barnes, wrote about Abba and said, quote, The band's emergence is one of the most cheering musical events in recent months. With their concise, upbeat pop creations, ABBA is much closer to the essential spirit of rock and roll than any number of hotshot guitarists or devotional ensembles handing down cosmodynamic enlightenment to the huddled masses. Whoa. And I think that is so smart. Because one thing, if you listen to like rock and roll from the 50s, it's pleasant. When I think about like rock and roll from the seventies, I think of it as distinctly unpleasant and distant. Yeah, it's the distancing. age of it's the age of the concept album and and some kind of darker themes and very self serious music. Yeah. yeah, and what I like about ABBA is I think they have that spirit of like fun and pleasing people. Like yeah, it's sure. much more like sure. there's more spirit to it than some of the like pretentious nonsense out of the seventies. But I'm someone who hates seventies rock. Right. See, I don't. I like hate a lot it? of I don't hate it. I okay. like a lot of that stuff. But I do um I I do agree with the idea that even even in their worst moments at least they're trying to be entertaining, trying to make people happy. They absolutely fail at times. Oh yeah. But but the spirit is joy and fun and I appreciate that. Yeah. More rock and roll than Led Zeppelin. Okay. Okay, so when I think about I there's no dud on this album. We talked about Watch Out is like a chuggin yeah. rock and roll, their attempt to be metal song. It's fantastic. Uh-huh. Okay, can we talk about My Mama Said? Yeah, I love My Mama Said. It's like it's it pre it's like their earliest sexy song. Yeah. Like super have, sexy. Like I think of I do, 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 I do. Mm-hmm. I think it's from their next album. It's like endlessly sex. It sounds like something I want a stripper to dance to. Yeah, sure. My mama said is so sexy. And it's kind of deceptive at first, actually, because the first lyric that really grabbed my attention was something about my mama said, have you done your bed? Yeah. Have you made your bed? <laughs> She's essentially... And I thought, oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Are they about to write a song about their mom admonishing them for not doing their chores? Kind of. <laughs> That's kind of what the song's about. That's what I like about it. It's, it's like, it's got these like sexy xyla. It's got like the sexy, funkiest Were you about to say bass. sexy xylophones? Yeah. It's a sexy xylophone. There's like a slinky little bass line. Yeah. And they've got these breathy vocals, but it's their mom being like, uh, before you go outside, you didn't make your bed. Like, oh. Right. But then it kind of develops into like her mother catches her red in the face because she's just had a, you know, a rendezvous, a tryst. I don't think it's that sexy. Uh, I'm going to turn to Robert Scott for a second. Yeah. By the way, Robert, if you're out there, we'd love to have you on the show. The female narrator's mum won't let her slip out to meet her (laughs) boyfriend, telling her to stay in and make her bed because, quote, Pa and me, we give you room and bread. Wow. Our heroine just wants to go out and, quote, live her life. What teenager doesn't? Arguably, her mum is a bit overdramatic when she sighs, quote, I suppose you'd rather see me dead. (laughs) Like? Yeah, the song is really, it's really sexy, but the yeah. lyrics don't necessarily match up with how right, sexy it is. Right, right, right. It's just a domestic row, essentially. <laughs> but I love My Mama Said. I did too. I really like it. What's after that? Dance. 
while the oh, music still yeah, goes on. Dance is awesome. Great. Yeah, it starts with that weird amorphous beginning, which I love. Yeah. And then the song's just great. It sounds like a fifties dance number. It it was very like uh Carol King, Jerry Goffin, Ugh, like Brill Building I, kind of thing to me. Oh, I hate Carol King. No, 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 no. But I'm talking about I don't mean no, like No, don't tapestry. tell me I don't because I don't like <laughs> Carol King. No, but I'm saying I don't mean like her her records. I'm talking about like the stuff she wrote for pop acts in the 60s right, right, it reminded right. me of that kind of thing i like maybe two songs by carol king that's it wow not even the tunes that she wrote for other people like under the boardwalk and stuff like that Ugh. wow yeah maybe we maybe our second podcast is like carol king yeah i mean my mom exclusively listened to brian adams interesting yeah so see I- my i grew up like my dad was more um he was into a lot of 70s rock and 60s rock, and also he would play solo. He still does play solo acoustic guitar and vocal gigs at bars and restaurants and stuff like that. And it's always a lot of that kind of thing, like Under the Boardwalk, um, Monkey's Tunes, some of which Carol King wrote, uh, whatever, you know, kind of I like the pop monkeys. hits from 50s, 60s, 70s. It's time for the pause that refreshes. So, lay mimosa. <laughs> One thing I thought today was maybe our references of Soleil Mimosa are turning off all of the other people who want to potentially sponsor us. Like, what if GE listens oh, to us? What right. if Mr. GE is listening and is like, Who you mean? The general? General Electric? <laughs> GEN period electric. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And it's like, I wish. I could sponsor them, but I can't because of Soleil Mimosa. And I say, make a light bulb as delicious as a Soleil Mimosa that's drink. What I'm, that's what I'm saying. I drank a light bulb last night. It wasn't nearly as delicious as mm. a Soleil Mimosa. No, and I'm hurting today. I would love to talk about what about Livingstone. Okay. Where apparently it's about going to buy a newspaper and the people selling the newspaper are like, going to the moon. What's that? That's crazy. Yeah. And they're like, how dare you? People who are explorers are brave. What about Livingstone? And maybe just in a poll, like I read, I've read a lot of uh, Chinua Achebe. Okay. So when it comes to post-colonial literature, <laughs> part of me is like, I don't know if we want to be talking about how awesome explorers like Livingstone were. Because it kind of brought colonization and terrible things to Africa. Uh, Stanley and Livingstone were two of the explorers who explored like the heart of Africa, so to speak. Okay. And they traveled they up were the Nile. Yeah, they were European. I think I don't know much more about them, but I think I associate them with like the empire. And, right. Like, so it's not necessarily positive. Yeah, I just think like they. It's kind of like if I wrote a song now called like "What About Doctor Mendeley?" I'd be like, ooh, right, right. <laughs> Right. I don't know if that's the person we should be giving applause to. It's just weird that that's the subject of a song. Yeah. 
What about? Yeah, it kind of makes them sound like old school marms. <laughs> yeah, know? like they're they're. It's like that the writer said. What's his name again? Who wrote the book? Robert. Robert Scott. Robert Scott saying that they they're admonishing the youth of Sweden for yeah. not caring about great explorers. It's like guys, maybe maybe no admonishing at all. What and what I hate folks. is it's got like a really funky groove. Like it starts yeah. off and I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's so weird. And then it's like, what about Living Stone? And you're like, what? I like the groove. The track is really cool. If it were about something cool. else, it's that bouncy shuffle thing, which I enjoy. I mean, how many times? You're a songwriter. I've written a lot of songs in my past that uh-huh. got me no success. There are times where you write like a really, really sweet ass groove. Yeah. <laughs> and you just can't get the lyrics to match as sweet ass or as groovy as the track itself. Maybe the lesson so you, from ABBA is you don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> just write about some something historical. You wanted to talk about Susie Hangaround. I did. I, I, um, my immediate thought, which I guess is sort of obvious with Susie Hangaround, is that it reminded me of like a Birds, yeah, uh, kind of like Hard Day's Night era Beatles jangly folk thing. And I really like it actually. And it's coincidentally, this isn't a coincidence, this has nothing to do with what I was just saying. <laughs> But interestingly enough, it's Benny's only lead vocal on an ABBA record. What? So that's worth noting. He's got a great voice on this one. He sounds really good. Yeah. I don't know why it's the only time he ever sang lead, but it is. Um, and I liked, I liked it right away. It was surprising to me as a last track. Yes. You know, I kind of expected them to end. Because the song before that's a great ballad. Gonna Sing You My Love song. Yeah, I like that song a lot. It reminds me a lot of like what they'll build later. With songs like Thank You for the Music. Yeah. Yeah. We should talk about that for a second. Good and Singing My Love Song is kind of like, um, she's singing from the perspective of the other woman, sort of. Yeah. This guy's in a relationship, in a serious relationship, and she's the other woman in this love triangle and singing about how she's going to keep expressing her love for this guy who... Is unhappy with somebody else. Yeah, he hasn't come around quite yet, I guess. But it's it's beautiful and very sad, uh, but lovely, and and it did remind me. There was another song that struck me. Is it King Kong song? Because I love <laughs> the King Kong song. No, I think it was. Um, I don't remember now. One of the other songs really struck me as like we're we're getting to this. In a few records. Like, it kind of is an early example of them going toward the more disco... Honey Honey is like that. Is it Honey Honey? Yeah. To me, Honey Honey reminds me uh, of something you said the first episode, which is absolutely true of ABBA, in that, like, they give you more than you think you need. Yeah, sure. Where, like, they give you, like, more pre-chorus or more chorus... And Honey Honey's like that, where it just keeps building these weird sections, and you're like, there's even more melody? Yeah. And... In this case, it's not great in that the like extra section is that guy's yeah. singing part. Right. But it's, it's not so SOS, catchy. But it's good. But one of the things I love about ABBA in that, I feel like a lot of a lot of modern pop songwriting, you get the feeling that 
they're they've smashed a bunch of hooks together, but they don't necessarily sound like one song. Right. Sometimes you get this feeling that it's like the verse and the chorus are kind of unrelated. You can tell that it feels like a co-write. It feels like oh yeah, a bunch of ideas smashed together. Because that's exactly what happens that's what it in is. modern pop houses. Right. And ABBA, on the contrary, it always feels like a completely logical progression musically, and it feels like a logical part of the storytelling, but you're not expecting it. It's a right. lovely surprise. Yeah. Like, SOS is a great example of that to me. I don't know why I think of that one right away, but I just love those little... Yeah. It's such a good verse and such a great hook, and then that little post-chorus thing is great, and... Yeah, and you get on this one, what I really like is, uh, like, the musical lead-in doesn't necessarily imply what the melody of the verse is going right, to be. Right. Like Susie Hangarounds like that where it's got these big like chiming guitars. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't tell you what the melody is going to be, totally. which I really like. Yeah. Um, I like that and SOS too. is something too where like based on the opening music, you have no idea what the melody is going to be. Right. Right. Or not even no idea, but the melody is totally different from it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really hard to do as a songwriter. Yeah. And it's obvious that those, <laughs> those kind of song craft things that, are so strong later on in their career are starting to kind of yep. come forth on this record. Yeah, you and have I don't really... know. I wonder if they took more time writing the songs for this. I wonder if they were a little more focused or what it is, but it really is like all in all, it's just stronger front to back. Yeah, I if I had to get rid of so if you had to get rid of one song from this one, hmm. I would probably get rid of sitting in a palm tree. Just oh, in yeah. that I think it's uh, genre-wise, them trying to play with reggae, but not knowing... Like, it's not their wheelhouse at all. Yeah, I would and agree And there are with times that. where they play out of genre, and they kind of make it work, but this one, yeah. it does not work as well for it's, them. It's clumsy, and it's just not that good. If it were a better song, I would feel okay about it, but it's just not. Oh, man. What song would you... I mean, you have to keep Waterloo. Yeah. But I feel like out of all these songs, like Asta Manana, it's so wistful. What song? What's the question? What's like my like which my, one would you keep out of all this? I mean, you. I feel like uh, like if I had to scrap the whole record and keep one song, yeah, and it's not Waterloo, and it's on Waterloo. Oh shit! I'd probably keep Asta Manana, even though it's like fairly predictable. I just think it's like, what a melody. I guess I would too. I have to say, I really, I I see myself listening to dance. Oh, I see myself listening to dance. It, as time goes on, like yeah. once this episode is done, I see myself listening to Susie hang around again. I think I feel the same way about Asimignana. I would listen to that again too and enjoy it. Like, so when you, a spoken word, second verse. It's cool. It's really good. I heard oh, the that. Thing, the thing I wanted to add quickly about Susie hang around was just that, so I like the general vibe. It got me right away because I love that chimey birds kind of thing. Yeah. And then the lyric is about, you know, being a young guy on the playground with your guy friends and there's this girl who wants to hang out and you're saying, Don't, don't that hang was me. out. And I'm expecting like the whole song, again, this is another one of these songs where I'm expecting a twist or some kind of development or like a third verse where Susie becomes this beautiful young woman and all the guys are like, I can't believe we didn't pay attention to Susie, and it never happens. No, nope. the, like, it's just like a- I knew this away. girl when I was a kid. I didn't want her to hang out. That's the whole story. And I thought he- that was very interesting. Do you want to hear a crazy playground story? Uh huh. So when I started fourth grade, yeah, I mean to no one's surprise, almost all my friends were girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I get that. 
after the first day of fourth grade, I get that. Wow. What would Sotomayor say to that? No, what I mean to say is that I was uh, in the same boat. Really? I had the same experience, yeah. I didn't really have any guy friends as a kid. So, fourth grade, first day of school, come home, and I'm like, I had an awesome time in the playground. But my mom was like, you need to not hang out with girls anymore. Uh Uh-huh. You need to hang, like, you need to make friends with guys. You're not allowed to hang out with the girls. Shit. So, the next day on the playground, I was like, I, who was I going to hang out with? Freaking no one. Yeah. So, it's like, just throwing up a ball and catching it myself. (laughs) And Jenny Lorenz and Monique and Becky come up. They're like, let's hang out. And I was like, my mom says I can't hang out with girls anymore. Wow. And I think I spent all of recess just throwing up a bouncy ball to myself and catching it. Shit. Probably singing Amy Grant to myself. Yeah. And that night, my mom gets a call from Jenny Lorenz's mom that's like, I don't think you should be telling your son that he can't hang out with girls. (laughs) My mom was like so mortified that like I told other kids what right. she said right and that they told their mom and their well, moms did, are calling her to what be did like, she expect you to do she's forbidden you from hanging out with girls right and when your friends come up to you and they want to hang out with you like they do every day you're not going to be like i don't like you anymore yeah you're gonna throw your mom under the bus yeah it's her fault yeah dear mom story of my <laughs> life i'm throwing you under the bus so then the next day we went down to the playground and there was this like little swoopy rail you could like slide down on uh-huh and I was like, guys, let's pretend we're Mary Poppins. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I'm like, now that I'm back with my chicks, let's pretend we're a really mean housekeeper. You were back in form. And that's why you should let your boys play with girls. Yes, agreed. On the playground. Okay, so so overall, scale of 1 to 10, what's your rating for Waterloo? 7. Strong 7. Yeah, I might agree. Cause I'll when give it I, a 7. Yeah, 7... To me, when I think about Spin Magazine, always means like <laughs> like really good. Yeah. Like you should listen yeah. to it. Eight, nine, ten starts to get to like essential or like run out to buy this. I think there are other ABBA albums you should run out to buy. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. This one you should definitely listen to. Sure. I I agree. And I think uh, this is I, – I saw a few reviews from when this was released. And because uh, Ring Ring didn't come out internationally for such a long time, this is in many ways their debut and it's really a good debut album. Yeah. It's really strong. Thank God. Thank God. America did not hear Ring Ring until yeah. 1994. Oof, that would have been the end. Yep. Waterloo, by the way, Waterloo the album, number six in the U.S. That's incredible. That's a pretty good showing. Yeah. Especially for a country that doesn't care or know about Eurovision. Yeah. It just went on its own merit and did very well. They did not get to see the half disco ball on a ribbon. That Ani Fried wore at Eurovision. I, I pull- and they still bought the album. Yeah. Ugh. I pulled a photo of this, by the way, that we'll put up of them in performance at the Eurovision Song Contest. They look ridiculous. Seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. I agree. There we go. I agree. So our next episode is going to be about... The album is entitled ABBA. And it's by ABBA. Which is different from <laughs> the album by ABBA and it features Mamma Mia SOS So Long oh my god I love So Long this is a doozy this is already in the running for my favorite ABBA album so any of you guys who want to talk if you have opinions about that album or those songs or any of the songs on the album if you have questions about it please 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 tweet at us at VuleVuCast hashtag what's our hashtag for this week Steve I don't know hmm 
My boyfriend's craft closet. <laughs> Hashtag girl recess. <laughs> Uh, you can also go to voulezvouscast.com. You can also follow me. I'm on Instagram and on Twitter at There Is Thunder, a really moody Kate Bush lyric reference. And I'm on Instagram and Twitter at, at Zach Jones Music. <laughs> and uh, it's really exciting because your band has your first single coming out tomor- tomorrow yeah, in terms yeah. of when this is released. Yeah, tomorrow, the 31st of July. It's our uh, uh, Secret Someone's. It's the song's called Head First. It'll be on iTunes and all that. It's our first single from our full length, which is coming out soon. I'm really excited. If you like pop music, you'll probably like this. And if probably. you don't, uh, well, then sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Do you really feel sorry? Not at all. Nope, because nope. it's already done. So, as we always say at the end, thank you for the music, the songs we're singing. You do have a lot of friends. <laughs> At night, I gather all of the mismatched spoons and forks in my apartment. I lay them around me, and I name them every night. Mm. That's Diana. She's the smallest fork. <laughs> That's Roberto. That's Jules, short Ta- for Julie. <laughs> Tatiana the spoon is my favorite. She's so funny. Uh, I Sometimes I can't go to sleep. I'm still laughing about all the jokes my friend Tatiana the spoon tells I me. I know. Uh, so I was with the yogurt today. <laughs> you wouldn't believe what he said. Was it Greek yogurt? You know it secretly harms the environment, Tatiana. And she always has a punchline no matter what you yeah, say. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs>